All right, so I'm excited. I haven't taught for a while, so. Whew, I'm just ready to bust, right? Like, I was thinking on our trip, just attended a couple of churches and enjoyed that, but um, I had a different perspective being in the audience, per se. And uh, one of the things I think the Lord was showing me is it's easy to lose track of what the speaker's saying and to daydream. Anyone been there? Okay, yeah, don't raise your hand, right? Uh, yeah, because I was there and I'm like, man, what the heck? I don't even know what he said in the last 10 minutes. And I'm like, that's probably how everyone is at Northgate. Uh, not everyone, of course, you're the spiritual one. So um, those other churches in me, maybe, but not you. Anyway, so I was like, Lord, how can it be different a little bit where we are that we can all stay focused? And maybe that's the impossible, right? Because everyone's the stuff going on. And one of the things the Lord is showing me, like, I don't want this to be like, uh, how would I describe it? Like a show. I don't want you to come just listen like a classroom and leave, forget about it the next day. And that's been really on my heart. So... What do we have to do to get ready for this morning? Anyone need to stand up, do stretches, focus? Y yeah, okay, good, right? <laughs> One of the things, and you can keep me accountable, is it needs to be much shorter. Amen? Oh, come on. It needs to be shorter. And uh, I just really ask you, if I keep it shorter, the deal is you focus. If you got to pinch yourself, you got to wet your eyes, whatever you got to do, I'll try and keep her under 20, 25 minutes, and you focus with me, and uh, let's make it a little more uh, available for us to remember. So Lord, would you help us this morning? Would you help us to engage in your truth? We're not here just to listen, to sing, and to go away. We're here to experience you. We're here to learn from you. So I pray, Lord, that you would help us by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, to uh, hear your truth this morning. And help me, Lord God, to speak that it would be heard and applied. We pray this in your name. Amen. So we're going through 1 Timothy. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Lawrence will pass one out. Maybe that's the first thing to keep you awake. Raise your hand. We're in chapter 4. Last week we had a special speaker. Before that, Jim covered chapter 3 into chapter 4. And we're going to try and keep it very simple this morning. Eight years ago, did a series on verse 12. And I thought, I'll never do that again, but I am going to do it again. We're going to cover one verse for the next six weeks. You ready for that? Just one verse, six things, one thing each week. You should be able to leave here, everyone with me, focused on this one word and that the Holy Spirit will help you put this into application. So here's our verse in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Maybe one you're familiar with. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, 
in spirit, in faith, in purity. So there it is. We're going to do one each week. I want to see you back next week for the next one we talk about. This is Paul, our author, talking to Timothy, obviously a young man because he says, let no one despise you. Your translation might say, look down upon you because you are young. But rather, be an example, pattern, it might say in your Bible, um, be like a cutout of what it should be. That's what he's saying. To the believers, so to the church, now some translations might say as a believer, meaning to the world, but both work in these six categories. And the word today is in your word, in your speech. In the Greek, it's in your sayings. So Timothy, you're young. You're the pastor or the lead elder in this church in Ephesus. You're younger. We don't know how old he is, probably 30s or below. There's a lot of older people in the church, and they're obviously looking down on Timothy. And Timothy is fearful and timid. Right? We got it so far? Okay, so we got a young man. There's older people. Timothy's afraid to operate in his gift. We learn that in the next verse. And he feels very intimidated by the older people who are despising him. And Paul has clear instruction in saying, listen, don't let that happen. Okay, so the instruction to Timothy is, well, don't go complain about it. Don't go address it. Don't go have a meeting about it. Don't say we're going to have a committee. Don't say like, listen, I'm old enough to do this now. No, don't do any of that. But rather, just live the life you're supposed to live. Okay, so today, why are you not doing what God wants you to do? You might say, I'm not too young. Maybe you're old. Maybe you're saying I'm too old. Maybe people look, look down upon you because you're too old. You can't do it. Maybe you're too, or too poor. Maybe, like Moses, you say, I can't speak. Maybe, 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 right? I can't do it. People look down upon me. I've got brown hair. I've got blonde hair. We shame ourselves into not doing what God asks us to do. And sometimes people operate in the character of at us, but we think they're looking down at us, and we just don't operate in the character of Christ because we live in guilt and shame. We live thinking we can't do it because you fill in the blank of why you think you can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I don't have a college degree. I don't, I don't have enough cash. I don't have ability. And Paul would say to us today, stop it. But don't go tell everyone while you're, why you're qualified. Just simply live a life that is full of the characteristics of Jesus. Okay, you're all with me? Review. <laughs> right? Let's be an example. Is that simple enough to you this morning? Do we have everyone? Don't say, I'm young, I'm old. Don't say, I can't do it. Paul's saying... Don't let anyone despise you. Don't complain about it, but be like Jesus. Be an example. I've taught this at youth camps. I've taught this at young youth group. It's easy to teach because they're young and they think, well, when I get older, I'll do it. But it's interesting today, not only just be like Jesus, it says this, be an example. So, be a model. Be a pattern. 
You be the cream of the crop. That's what he's saying. You be the one that people can look at and say, wow, their conduct is what I should be like. So if you're 12 years old in this room, like, well, I'm not 30, it doesn't matter. You be an example for the older people to look at and say, their mouth, their sayings, is something that I would like to be like. So when you make cookies or Christmas cookies, you have like a little snowman pattern, you stamp it and everyone's the same, right? Or you make a dress, you have a pattern. You have a pattern the way the dress should look like. When someone builds a building, first they make a model. This is what the building will look like. I'm trying to sell you on it. Here is the little model. Oh, yes, I want to be like that. I want it to look like that. That's what you are supposed to be. Now, your thought would be this, maybe. Maybe mine. Amy and I talked about this. and We at each other. We're like, we don't want anyone to look at us. Why? Why don't you want anyone to look at you? What's your first thought? They might judge me because I'm a failure. <laughs> okay, I want to be an example in my words. My first thought is, I don't want to be the example because, whew, I've blown it. Here, here. <laughs> and I don't want to compare. That's our next thought. Oh, Dan, you're telling us to compare. Everyone's supposed to look at me. And what about this person? The whole book is about grace. Amen. No other doctrine than grace, you are forgiven. Amen? Who lives in you? Jesus. So if Jesus shines out of you because he lives in you, you are to be an example. So, me, you, let's stop being babies and say, I don't want anyone to look at me because I make mistakes. Our attitude should be, Christ lives in me, look at me. I am different. And I'm not going to justify my failure and say something like this. Sometimes parents say this. Do as I say and not as I do because I'm not perfect. Well, Jesus lives in you and he is, in, he is perfect. And he wants to live through you. And your attitude should be just like Paul in 1 Corinthians 11. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Have you read that before? I don't like that one. Because that puts the pressure on me. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> because we should be living holy lives, amen? We shouldn't be backing down and say, don't look like me because I fail. Why don't we take the challenge this morning and say, live like me because I want to live like Christ. And let's not justify our failure and say, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. Because then you're despising yourself, this is what Paul said, and living in shame instead of saying, no, Christ lives in me and I am different. And what did we read this morning? You are a new creation in Christ and he can live in you. And the Bible would say, let your good work shine forth from you that he would be glorified. It's time to step up in these six categories. It's time to say, no, I'm a new creation. Christ lives in me. Follow me because Christ is in me and I'm following him. And I'm going to be that example, that pattern, that model of what it means. 
And it's not even talking about gifting, by the way. It's talking about the simple characteristic of Christ in these six things. You can do it because our doctrine is about grace and Christ and not us. Isn't that good news? I think we need to step up to the plate and stop justifying our failure and live in the truth of who we are. Everyone with me? We're about 10 minutes down, only 10 minutes to go. All right? Good. So the first one is our words, our sayings. Ooh, boy. Sewers can get a little hot, all right? A little convicting. Just hold on. <laughs> oh, man. I've taught so much on our words, and I needed to hear that first part because I'm not going to tell you I'm a big failure. I'm going to tell you I'm forgiven, and I want my words to be different. The Bible pours forth what our words should be. Like, not one verse, not ten verses. I could go anywhere and find something in the Bible about how we speak. Right? Come on, you can name them. You want to hear another sermon on what you should say? You could probably, you, oh, Pastor Dan's going to go to James chapter 3, right? The tongue is wicked, right? It's a rudder, a little thing that moves the whole ship. It's like a little spark that sets a forest fire. It's deadly poison. Come on, you know the verses, right? How can this praise God and yet spew junk at the same time? You know in Ephesians what it says, put away lying, speak the truth, let no corrupt word proceed from your mouth. Come on, all of us parents have said it to our kids. If you got nothing good to say, don't say it. We're like an old record. <laughs> we say it to our friends, we say it to each other. Only speak what is for necessary edification, for building up, that it might impart grace to the hearer undeserved blessing. That's what your word should speak. And we need to stop saying, well, I'm only saying the truth. You're a jerk, and that's the truth. You're a jerk. Or to our spouse, you were rude. You blew it. I can't believe you. Well, it's only the truth. That's what we say. Well, anyways, that's what they say in my house. That's what I say. <laughs> well, I don't quite say it like that. But anyways, only got eight minutes left. Got to move. Um, We have a serious problem with our mouth. Let's just be honest. God's word is clear. This little device, the tongue, the mouth, is probably the hardest to control out of anything else. Gossip, slander, lying. And part of the problem in today's generation is right here. Email, texting, Facebook, Instagram, face trash, Insta junk, Insta sayings, no accountability on this thing. I don't have to look you in the eye, I can say what I want to say. It makes it worse. It's our generation. People didn't take the time maybe to write letters, but they take the time to fight, write, type a few things. Not everyone has one of these, but a lot of us do. And a lot of us have said things we regret right on this, this thing. 
Before we know it, we send the sent button. We haven't read it. So we have to be careful. We need to be the example with our mouth. That's what he's saying. In our sayings, in how we speak. I did chapel at CCA about a month ago. And like Terry, I brought in a big sword because Proverbs 12 says this, your words can cut people like a big sword like Terry's, or your sword or your word can heal people. It can be like vitamins. It can bring, promote health. Before we move on, as to kind of bring it to, to the end, being an example, I just want you to examine because this isn't like a show, this is participant. What are your words like? Do they cut people down? Honestly. Like, let the Holy Spirit work in our lives this morning. Are you promoting people's health? Are you delivering grace with your words to them? Or are you cutting them down? Sometimes in the name of truth. If the motive's not love, the Bible is clear. Don't say it. And we've heard it all before, but I'm tired of necessarily knowing it in our heads, in my life, in my head. I want to be the example in my heart. I want our words to be different. No one should leave this place without thinking, God has called you. Don't despise yourself or who you are that your words need to be a model or an example to heal others, to bring grace to others. That this truth needs to come into our lives. And you need to start at home. Sometimes with the people we're more comfortable with, we say things we regret. Listen, I just went to Florida, and we were in the van a long time. <laughs> Sometimes our words, my words. But we have the Holy Spirit within us. It doesn't have to be that way. We can promote health. And as you engage in the word, the sayings, of God, it will change your words. That's the sermon. That's simple, but there's one last thing I want to bring to your attention. Be an example in your words, but I just want to make this super clear to you this morning in the last five minutes. Your words, spiritually, in the battle, have supernatural power. I don't know if you've never heard, heard that. I believe, and I'm starting to learn, and I've had cons uh, conversations with my son Caleb, that our spoken declarations have power in the spiritual realm. So you think, oh, I just yell, Pastor Dan, don't say bad things, say good things, nice, nice. Well, the world can say that, right? If you're not even a Christian, you're like, well, you should talk good. That's what parents say, right? Don't say bad things. Don't lie. Don't gossip. The world says that. But here as Christians, I want to take it a step further for you to understand that your words in the spiritual realm have power. How do... What? What? What, <laughs> what do you mean? If you confess with your mouth 
the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How many know that verse? We say you got to believe in your heart. Whoa, 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 whoa. As you declare with your mouth and your words what you believe, you have to declare with your mouth, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. How many times did Jesus say, do you believe? Was the response a quiet one? <laughs> well, in my heart I believe, Lord. Remember in Mark 9, the demonic's father. Do you believe? He declared, I do believe, but help my unbelief. In his confession, there was power of his belief. Are you following me? Your confession, your words. There are people I know who have been stuck in sin and struggling in sin, and they live in the dark, but the moment with their mouth they confess to someone their struggle, guess what happens? The moment they confess with their mouth, not in their head, or even writing it, the moment it comes from here, out of here, there is power, and Satan is brought into the light, and victory is there. Some of us play in here, but we never speak it here. And the moment you declare, confess, you will bring victory. This is so, in the midst of temptation, evil as your heart believes in your head, and we choose to call someone or speak to someone with our mouth, it seems the temptation loses its power. There is victory as we declare God's truth and His Word. And sometimes our words have way more power than we think. Look at the spiritual gifts with me. How many of them involve words? Maybe you know 1 Corinthians 14. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, prophecy, teaching, and dare I say tongues, all involve your mouth. That's more than half the gifts. Involve our speech where God uses it in supernatural ways. How about that? There is power in your words when they are full of the Holy Spirit that you can give someone a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a prophecy. And what we're doing teaching involves the mouth and sayings that come from the heart. And as they're spoken out, there is power as we declare God's truth. It can't just be here, but as I own it and speak it, God uses it. Do you understand? Really, really important. And sometimes we have to say to Satan, in the name of Jesus, get lost. Sometimes we need to pray out loud. I don't like to pray out loud, Pastor Dan. You can pray in your heart, it's the same thing. But sometimes we need to pray it out loud, even on our own, to stamp it with authority that not only do I believe it, but I'm speaking it. Satan, get lost by the blood of Jesus. Amen. 
Not only that, with other people, as I'll close with this. Proverbs is full of words in regards to the power of your words. Anxiety in the heart causes depression. Ever read that verse? It's in Proverbs. Anxiety in the heart causes depression, but listen to the next part. But a good word makes glad. That's amazing. That's amazing that in our mind we can get so down, but if we speak truth, it will change how we think. Do you believe that? Do you declare truth? A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, Proverbs 15, 13. And a word spoken in due season, how good it is. Isaiah 50, verse 4. A word in season to him that is weary will change that direction. And actually, for homework, Read Isaiah 50, especially verses 3 and 4 and 5, and understand as you hear God speak to you and you declare it to people, it's like a word in season. That means a word to help them when they are weary. As we finish, have you ever been in a difficult time and someone has just spoken a word to you, a text to you, an email to you where it has lifted you up out of your difficulty? That's what it's saying. As we will listen to God and then speak His words through our mouth, we can change the direction of the way someone is going simply by hearing and speaking God's truth. Words were really important to God. God's words are hugely important. We have his word, but even in the end, in his battle with the devil, it says his word defeated the enemy like a two-edged sword. God didn't have to fight. Do you know that? In the end, in Revelation, fighting the evil one, he does not have to fight. He just speaks and it's done because there's power in his word. He spoke, things were created. He spoke, the devil was defeated. Who lives in you? Christ lives in you. His word should be in you. Psalm 119, it can change you. And as you speak his truth, you change situations. So this morning, let's not only say, don't say bad things. Don't gossip, don't slander. Don't do those things, by the way. Impart grace to you here, but know this. Be an example, a pattern of one who knows that there's power in truth, that there's power in your words. Live it, declare it, be an example to others in this church that you watch your words and you speak them in their power to change the circumstance and the situation around you. So I went shopping the other day. And I'm not going to tell you where. 
I'm not going to even tell you why I was there. Sales clerk was there. I'm on a new kick van, lots of hours going to Florida, lots of odysseys. I learned a lot of spiritual lessons. It's a radio program for kids, if you don't know what it is. And I thought on my trip, I'm going to make this trip about people. I'm going to talk to as many people as I can talk to and listen to them. So if I was in the hot tub or in the pool or walking along, here comes Mouthy Dan. He'll talk to anybody. Hey, how you doing? Where are you from? What do you do there? What's your life like? Anyways, think about that on my trip. I come back. I'm still on a high. I'm at the store. Hey, how you doing? I thought I saw you at another store about a month ago. Oh, I was. I changed here. Why'd you change stores? Well, this store was doing that, and I wanted to come to this store. And my wife has cancer. Oh, really? What type of cancer? And I have two girls, and this one is very difficult, but family comes first for us. I said, I want to speak a prayer over you. I want to pray out loud in this store, in the middle of the aisle, because I want God to work. You know, a lot of times I'll be like, I'll pray for you, and I walk away. <laughs> I'll pray for you. I know it's a hard situation. I grab that guy's shoulder. I wouldn't do this with a woman. <laughs> Put it on there. I said, Lord, would you please work in this situation? God, would you bless blank, I'm not going to tell you his name. Would you heal his wife? Would you work? I spoke it out for anyone to hear who was in that room. I don't care. I stopped. He looked at me. He said, you don't understand how much different I feel right now. I don't know if he's a Christian. I don't know if he will become a Christian. I just know when I speak the truth of Jesus Christ vocally with people, there is power. And there is power in this church when people walk through that door and they know that people will speak to them with grace and love. That they won't be gossiped about. That they won't be talked about. That they won't be cut down in the name of truth. But rather, they will enter a safe place, these walls, this body, this people, that when we speak to each other, it will be for the edification, the building of the body. And that they will experience spiritual gifts of words, of wisdom and knowledge and prophecy and teaching that will build us up, that this will be a different body. Lord, help us. Amen. Let's speak it and declare it and keep each other accountable to it and stop saying, I just can't stop it and despise ourselves, whatever the excuse, and say, no more. Amen? We're done. Sorry, 25 minutes, maybe a little longer. Try to keep it short. All right, so enough of time to participate. And I know this has never been done before. How many have a phone here in church? iPod? How many have a piece of paper? I give you a little homework assignment, and I'm going to ask you next week. Isaiah 50:40, that's your assignment. I want you to hear from God someone that you can encourage with your words this week. And even right now, I'm going to pray. I want you, I will give you permission to use your phone. <laughs> If the Lord puts someone on your mind, but sometime this week, would you take the challenge to build someone up to be an example with your words to encourage them? 
if God gives you a word of wisdom or knowledge, if God gives you an encouragement, if God gives you a verse, would you please declare it with your mouth or your fingers to them? This means nothing unless you go out and do it. If you live the life. Amen? So Lord Jesus, now, we want to wait and listen just for a second. The first thing is, God, would you put someone on our mind who needs to be encouraged? We're just going to pause. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Ask him this question. God, who do you want me to encourage now, today, or this week? Try and get out of your own brain and ask God just to control your thoughts and say, who, with your words, does God want to encourage today? Let's just pause. Lord Jesus, give us a name of someone in our life who needs encouragement. Lord, now, show us what to say to them. Give us a verse. Give us a thought. Put something on our mind. And if you have trouble forgetting, write it on your phone or write it to them. Show us that good word in season for them. This morning, trust that God can speak in your thoughts to you. He wants to use you to encourage maybe a family member, someone in this body, the body of Christ, a relative. God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we confess our failure with our words. Would you forgive us? We confess our failure and we are thankful for your forgiveness. And Jesus, may each one of us, no matter our age, our income, or our ability, be an example with our words. May this place be so full of your spirit that we are different. We are forgiven, we've confessed, and now help us by your Holy Spirit to be different. Thank you for your body and your blood, Lord, your forgiveness. Thank you for your words which set us free. We're going to celebrate Jesus this morning with communion. The elements are in the back. I just want to encourage you as we sing to think of the Lord, his words, his forgiveness. There'll be brothers and sisters in the back. If you need prayer for anything this morning, a declaration of prayer over your life for anything, if you need to confess to get in the light any sin that is bogging you down, I pray that you would confess it to be set free this morning.
This is not here to come and to listen, to feel good about ourselves. Church is active, and we all want to participate. So if this is how you need to participate in communion as you think of the Lord, to confess and sense his forgiveness, or to get prayer for something as you remember him, I encourage you to do it. The elements are in the back. If you don't know Jesus, I pray that you would believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. He has died for you. He has forgiven you. You need to receive it and confess it, and you will be saved. That's the word of God says. You are forgiven, but you need to receive it, accept it, and confess it to someone in this room. Your destination will be heaven. The weight of sin will be taken off your back. And you will be free. Freedom fest. You are free. The truth of what Jesus done will set you free. As you repent, believe, confess. Thank you, Jesus. Set people free this morning. Let's worship the Lord in communion.